If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. You've probably heard that you are the average of the five people you hang out with most. Today, I want to encourage you to stop and reflect for a moment on who you're spending most of your time with. Are they supportive? Are they encouraging? Are they motivated? And are they action takers? Or are they unhappy, unmotivated, and stuck? Or somewhere in between? Whoever you surround yourself with, they have a ripple effect on your results. The good news is that surrounding yourself with high achieving, motivated, happy people accelerates your success. And that's the whole point of this show. When you're ready to take the path toward financial freedom and fulfillment in your life and find out about the various masterminds that are available to you, if you're a high achiever, then we have room for you in our community. Go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. My next guest is Stephen Scoggins. He's a best-selling author, an award-winning entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, and the creator of the proprietary life mastery framework named Transfer You. He's a well-respected, sought-after international speaker and thought leader, and he challenges and motivates people to break through their obstacles and guides them to be the best version of themselves. As part of that endeavor, he's taken the last three decades of setbacks and failures, breakdowns and losses, and comebacks and uses them in a simple yet effective way to help people break through and go from stuck to unstoppable. Since then, Stephen's been paying it forward, creating the Journey Principled Institute, an organization that is dedicated to helping others to go from stuck to unstoppable in all areas of their life and business. He's been on NBC, CBS, Entrepreneur, Thrive Global, Grit Daily, and more, and he's the best-selling author of the Journey Principles. Let's get to my conversation with Stephen Scoggins. Hey, welcome, Steven. It's great to have you back, buddy. My friend, dude, it's always awesome to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Oh, such a pleasure, such a pleasure. If, if you're looking at the man himself, you can see how cool he is. He's looking very, very sharp. Um, let's uh, take people back a little bit for people that don't know your story. Uh, I always like to touch on the childhood because I think that it affects how we you know, live our lives. So tell us a little bit about uh, your, um, how you grew up. Absolutely. You know, it, it's definitely true that the tree of life always starts with a root. And I think each of us have that root inside. You know, for me, um, you know, some of my greatest adversities that showcase themselves in my early 20s and late teens came directly from uh, a spirit of not feeling valued and worth and things of that nature, as you and I've talked about on some previous shows. And, um, you know, growing up in a basically a single parent household and parents in different areas of the country, uh, single with my grandmother. Uh, trying to raise me the best she knew how, you know, gave me uh, uh, encouragement and she was empathetic and inspiring and teaching and all those great things, um, only to lose her uh, at around the age of 11 after spending two years watching her deteriorate due to cancer. And at nine years old is when I was asked to step up for the first time and fast forward my life from being a little kid with a GI Joe and a transformer in a hand all of a sudden to becoming the little helper to help my little brother and my, and my nanny, which is what her, which is what I referred to her as um, by making meals that she taught me how to make by pulling a chair up to the stove, 
you know, and, and making, you know, bold hot dogs and, you know, macaroni and cheese with the powder kind, not, not the Velveeta with the nice cheese, but, you know, making the powdered sugar and oh, not powdered sugar, the powdered. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that was, that was live for a little while. And then around the age of 11, when she finally passed away, they had, there was a custody battle that ensued. It wasn't very, it wasn't super hardcore, which is great. But essentially, I went to go live with my father um, here and staying in North Carolina. And my little brother and my mother went down to Florida. And then I entered the construction industry. You know, it's not super. I've learned that. Check this out. I had this interesting epiphany. Um, the construction industry is not super sexy until someone needs something built. Right. Right. So because I've, I've had these, uh, you know, going and moving towards thought leadership over the last three, four years. You know, one of the things that I used to struggle with is like, man, I'm a, you know, I come from a construction background. Like I'm not a, I, I don't own Apple. I didn't create, you know, right. Amazon, you know, but you know, I have my own story and, you know, so I grew up in the construction industry, um, basically began taking care of myself between, you know, between 11 and 13, buying my own school clothes. If I wasn't at school, I was working and it was that way off and on, uh, all the way to about the age of 17. And my dad, you know, owned his own business and, you know, for a little while and it did pretty well. And, that was until the economy started to tank and then he realized he actually had to pay taxes and his, you know, essentially his business folded. We went from um, kind of having the world, world be our oyster, if you will, to kind of losing everything that uh, my dad had worked really hard for, for probably close to a year. But um, you were with your dad and your brother was with your mom? Yep. Why yes. does it happen that way? Well, um, a couple different reasons. Uh, my mother didn't believe my little brother was old enough in order to uh, make a decision like that i had just turned you know 11 12 13 years old as a, as by the time this this entire thing shook out um and my father had promised me martial arts lessons and that was a huge selling thing so that was the first time i could remember being sold um martial mm -hmm. arts is something i love and have always studied off and on and uh, it's just been a huge part of my life but uh yeah so that that's how that ended up that way it wasn't uh, i didn't learn the repercussions of that until gosh probably two two christmases ago oh, wow. my brother came to me as a grown man um tearfully angry about me abandoning him the one person he looked up to that he thought would have his back and stuff like that and i never thought about it that way mm -hmm. you know i was trying to make you know i'm making a, a a child's decision as a child not knowing any better but why were you making that decision are you taking that decision on your parents were were the ones that could have facilitated that decision yeah, that, that's a great question. I think um, it, it's probably there's a there's a scientific term for this, and I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Um, that essentially your parents become your children, so the roles are completely reversed. Mm -hmm. That's essentially been my life. Uh, my father and my mother, even to this day, um, come to me for guidance. Um, mm -hmm. They come to me for financial support from time to time. Uh, they come to me to share their own inner concerns and inner things that they're working through. Um, you know, bless God, they've, they've, uh, they've both come a long, long way. Um, but I think at the early onset, both my parents were anti-conflict, you know, so when conflict did happen, it was very, very aggressive, you know, in, in the disc personality style, I'd probably say they were probably really off the chart high S's, um, who mm -hmm. just didn't deal with conflict very well. Right. And for right. some reason, um, I've always been, I guess, as we've talked before, this 99 D's. 80 something I so I've always been able to make decisions kind of eat conflict for breakfast um, and as a result I've always been able to fast forward uh, certain aspects of my life however it's also meant that I've made some pretty 
boneheaded decisions along the way that ended up taking me and leading me from dropping out of high school to later homeless after making a bunch of money, losing everything, and then basically following the same pattern, right, that we talked about before in, in previous shows, um, same patterns that we we fall into that have been exhibited to us until we become aware of those patterns. And at that point in time, it's been about a year and a year and some change, struggling through that environment, began this journey of personal development and self-awareness. And uh, next thing you know, I'm grabbing two uh, lumber and two by fours out of a trash pile and started a construction company that now employs, gosh, 450 people across three states. And, uh, you know, now one of the larger applicators in the country for uh, exterior building products, which just sounds crazy, but it wasn't super sexy. But when somebody needs something built, they know who to call, right? Um, and that led me to creating, my, you know, writing my first book and kind of giving my, my, my story, which is very long, very drawn out. And it's hard to do it in a, kind of a snippet. But So who, who takes care of Stephen Scoggins? I take care of Stephen Scoggins. He's got first priority to take care of Stephen Scoggins. Stephen Scoggins' right. first responsibility is making sure he is emotionally aware, mentally aware, spiritually aware, and constantly looking to develop myself on a day in and out basis. Um, who do you the, call? Who do you call when things are tough? You know, I've had the I've had the sincere pleasure of actually having some uh, what I refer to as your five friends, right? So your five to thrive. Um, I've got three people who own businesses that are much larger than mine. Um, so they have business acumen, but they what what makes it interesting is they both have fantastic family lives. So they've managed to not only become super successful in business, but also super successful in life with uh, not necessarily uh, the term balance. I think balance is necessarily a kind of a falsehood, right. um, but it's more like there's a they're symbiotic, right? So one feeds the other. One does not exclude the other. And I think, especially as entrepreneurs, that's probably one of the most difficult things to do because mm -hmm. we tie our identity to the mm -hmm. businesses that we are created, mm -hmm. you know, that we have created, not realizing that that business falls, all of a sudden our identity fails. That's why you see people when uh, we have financial downturns, you know, taking their own life because they lost a bunch of money or they're not realizing they just rebuild it again, right? So that's been a huge part of that for sure. Yeah, it sounds like, once again, we've talked about this before, is the similarities in the childhood is part of your childhood you missed out on because you needed to make decisions that were beyond your age, really, yeah. and carry the load and find your own clothes and things like that. And you and I have those similar backgrounds. Uh, myself, I left at 17 and, you know, took on a bunch of jobs and made it work and became a successful entrepreneur. But Along the journey, one of the things I've learned is that, um, you know, rock always has to be strong. Yeah. And there's a price to that, that carrying that burden of feeling like you cannot show that, hey, man, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Yeah. Like, like, really, you know, I've had my brothers and sisters call for money. I've had my exes call for money. I've had my, my bought my mom a house. Uh, and I do it all because I'm capable of doing it. But I have to be honest, there's a part of me sometimes like, hey, you guys see how hard I'm working over here? Do you know, do you realize that I'm never sick? I never say no. I'm always taking care of myself. And part of that's led me to the awareness that I became needless. I would, people would ask if I needed help and I'm, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, you want something? No, I'm good. I'm good. I got so used to not needing or not allowing my, myself to need 
because I was afraid that if it wasn't there again tomorrow, um, I would become soft and weak. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, what you're really talking about is identity again, right? If, if your identity is wrapped up in being the solution to everybody's problems, then inevitably you were going to get to the place where you poured out so much, there's nothing left to pour and you end up empty, you know? So circling your, you know, circling yourself with people that you can trust and you can rely on to kind of have your back is, is imperative. I know that's something you and I've talked about before. Um, most people don't have a process in which they go through to actually discover those people. And then one of my good friends, Evan Carmichael, um, he, he mentioned on a show we did together, he said, um, you know, cause I said, well, how do you, how do you actually find these mentors? How do you find these people that, you know, you can trust, right. To, to pour into you because I, I I'm sure this will resonate to you with you as well, rock. Um, I always question when I meet someone new, do they really want to know Steven? Or do they want to know the entrepreneur, the financier, the philanthropist, the, 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 all the dots, right? My, my circle of friends that wants to know the real Steven, I can count on less than one hand. Yeah. Right. And so I was, I, I was asking Evan and say, Hey man, what, what do you use to determine that? And he says, always test the free stuff. Always test the free stuff. Get to know somebody by the free stuff. Get to know somebody by, um, what I, re- what I refer to in some of our content is a relational wheel, the relational circle. So your inner circle is people that are, you know, super tight to you. The outer ring is going to be people that are considered friends. The outer ring behind that is going to be acquaintances. The outer ring out of that is going to be toxic. The outer ring behind that is going to be dangerous, right? And people can choose to go in and out of the rings, right? So conversely, I view people in relationships, especially ones that are going to be super you know, impactful to me based on how quickly they can come in through those rings. In other words, what character traits have they exhibited to me to help me understand that they're not dangerous, they're not toxic, they're worth more of my time and energy than just being an acquaintance. They've proven themselves as a reliable friend on a regular basis. Okay, well, maybe I can open up and give them a little something right? Maybe I can give them just a taste of who I am, my transparent self, my vulnerable self. And if I give them a taste, let's see how they handle that. I think far too many people, when they go to have a new relationship, whether it's a mentor, whether it's an apprentice, whether it's somebody you're pouring into, pouring out of, we give uh, almost like a carte blanche approach. Like, okay, we're, we're similar. Like you and I are similar, right? We, we love the same things. We're passionate about the same things. We love helping people. We love creating businesses. We love watching people thrive and succeed and grow and go and we love all that stuff. And if someone comes to the table and they exhibit some of those things, I know for me, it's easy for me to say, Oh, come on in the inner wheel. Come on right now. You can do this only to get there and find out that they have been, you know, deceptive in order to get there. Right. And I think that's one of the things that, that kind of makes Evan's approach and, the, and that ring approach that I kind of use myself, knowing that you test people as you come, you know, come along in business, for example, I know that you know this cause you got great teams as well. When you go to build a great team and you're trying to determine what role responsibilities and accountabilities that they're going to have, you're going to delegate, right? You're going to, you're going to delegate. Most entrepreneurs delegate and forget about it. Not realizing you delegate and you test, you delegate and you test, you delegate and you test, you delegate and you test because what you're looking for more than anything else is competency. You can make a great potential leader horrible by assuming that they've already got leadership figured out. You and I both know that leadership takes time. 
it takes commitment, it takes focus, it takes intentionality, and it takes admitting when you're wrong. It takes going to your team and saying, hey, guys, I really messed up on that one. Can you forgive me for that? And that is one major thing that I know that I see people doing all the time is they get over-trusting, so they let things come in too fast, and then they over-delegate. And you can over-delegate in the business world, and you can also over-delegate in your personal life. And I figured that that's one probably major area that we could all benefit from just by understanding that every relationship, whether it's a mentor, mentor e acquaintance, apprentice, whatever, whatever that relationship is going to shape them to be, needs to have a period of delegating and testing. You know, so when you ask, you know, who are these people you go to? I go to people who have proven themselves to be reliable in the time of not just when I need them, but they also celebrate when I celebrate, right? You know, a, a big initiative, and, and I know you know this, is, you know, a lot of times is in order to build your credibility in the thought leadership world, the social platforms require that you, quote unquote, be verified, right? Most people understand the process that it takes to actually get verified on social media has become very stringent and very difficult, okay? It's not just you have a large platform. You got, you got thousands of users and thousands of likes. That's not enough. You have to look and see if that you're, quote unquote, notable. Well, how do you get notable? Well, you have to have all kinds of media attention around what you're doing, which means you have to create more thought leadership, more content, more things that have to be picked up and shared along the way. Well, for me, it's been a five-year journey of getting verified on a couple of the social platforms, one of which we just got verified on now, and then one's going to be following us in the next week. It's been a five-year journey. So I, the, the very same person that I went to and said, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. These guys just embezzled a million four for me. I don't know who I can trust. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I have the strength in me to rebuild this thing. I don't know. I, I just don't know. That very same person that was like, man, you got this. I'm here with you. You're not going anywhere. I'll coach you. I'll help you. Just hang in there. Is the very same person that once we got verified, they were the, they were the first attaboy, like, hey, right? Far too many times, we these, these people that we look for as our inner circle, and I've, I've made this mistake several times, Rock, and I don't know if you've, you've bumped into this, but I, my guess is you probably have. I have let people in my inner circle who only wanted to be in my inner circle based on what I could do for them. Yeah. That's well, not the inner circle. I think Mark Twain said a quote like this is, one of the greatest skills you can have is the ability to fake sincerity. Yeah. And there are some people that do that. They're very good and... As you're telling me this, I'm starting to realize that, you know, in some of my relationships with women, yeah. is I've let them very quickly into that inner circle of trust yeah. based on how they appeared. And <clears throat> I take full responsibility for this as I let the gates open too quickly. Yeah. And then I found out, you know, there was another part of them that we collided in values. Yeah. And once they're in that inner circle, especially when it's intimate, it's more difficult to push them back out to an outer circle of the friend zone because now all of a sudden there's, you know, there's connection and there's there's physical and there's all that sort of thing. Or maybe you've moved in together and you're like, maybe I did that a bit too quick. Yeah. So I really like the way you've drawn that out. There's a bit of an aha for me is is how, you know, what are the qualifiers to let people into that inner circle and be sacred? Yeah. with those relationships because you're going to open up and be vulnerable with those people in business you're going to expose them to decisions and opportunities 
and that can be critical to your business or to your your family and to your friends. Absolutely. You know, it's um, I, I'm a person of uh, faith uh, for more of the biblical side of things. And there's an old story that talks about uh, um, the uh, the area where the Ark of the Covenant was created or kept. So the Ark of the Covenant, for those who don't know, is uh, essentially it was a, a gold box that um, held the Ten Commandments. It had uh, two angels kind of wings pointed together. And it was, you know, at least from his, from a historical slash spiritual perspective, it had, you know, supernatural powers and all this kind of stuff. Well, it was kept inside the temple, but inside the temple, there was a situation. If you were to draw a box on a, on a piece of paper, the outside box essentially was then had one more inside box. And that inside of that, and inside that ring, that first ring was what was referred to as the Gentile area, right? That's where everybody could go. Okay. Well, then you had the inner courts. Well, once you had the inner course, that means you had to have a certain level of characteristics and a certain level of faith and, you know, spiritual awareness to kind of be there. Most people don't know that the temple at the time, right, the inner court, what I, not the inner court, but the area in which the Ark of the Covenant was kept only allowed one person in. And that person had to be taught, you know, that, that person had to be um, essentially the walking embodiment of essentially the, the, you know, the, at the time it was the Jewish faith, walking embodiment of the Jewish faith and spirituality, right? If there was any deficiencies whatsoever, right? Everything from your lineage to um, how often you studied to your awareness of the, of, the, of the spiritual writings, all of that stuff, right? They would have never let a quote unquote Gentile in to see the Ark of the Covenant. You see what I'm saying? Because the, that person had not illustrated the characteristics that made them worthy of being in that inner sanctum and that inner circle. And I, and I do believe that this is probably something that's missing. I, you know, I discovered, I'm sure you discovered this as well. There are three major areas that people can really be taken, um, can fall off the wagon, so to speak, or really kind of rock it and take off. Um, one is understanding what drives them. So understanding you, right? And, and that is a lifelong journey that takes focused intentionality that you can't just do it once and say, okay, I'm done. Checkbox, right? You got you to understand, you know, your drives, your motives, your values, your, your belief systems, your anchors, like there's so much stuff, right? Well, the second area is understanding the area of relationships, right? Think about this. If you just, for the people listening or watching right now, Think about your major life events. How many of them were connected to and or endorsed by a key relationship, either positively or negatively? Right? Almost all of them. Exactly. Because people, right? People create beliefs. Those beliefs are then shared, right? Those things then become culture. Those culture then become a stable of uh, characteristics and behavior systems. And the next thing you know, you might be in the inner, the wrong inner sanctum, so to speak. Right. Well, the third thing that people have to understand is actually the need for a plan. Right? So many times we run into situations where we have great relationships. We're on a self-awareness journey where we actually have some self-awareness and we're actually working super hard to kind of uncover those things. But then we actually don't take the time to actually build a plan out. And I discovered a long time ago that if you focus on those three things on a regular basis, do I have a plan? Do I have the right, right relationships? And am I becoming who I need to become? 
If you do those three things consistently on a regular basis, day in and day out, you are going to have what is going to feel like to you an amazing life. Regardless if you got $10 billion in the bank or $10,000 in the bank, right? Because you have a sense of significance and value that doesn't come from other people. It comes from you. Right. It comes from understanding what you're really gifted at and then applying those gifts in a certain relational circle that allows you to leverage those things for your own success and their success, right? Yeah. When you're following a plan, you, I mean, I, I look at it this way. Imagine, a, imagine someone with a sniper rifle, okay? How good is the sniper rifle if they don't look to the scope? Useless, pretty much. <laughs> exactly, right? So we, when you look at creating a plan and things of that nature, that is essentially what you're doing. You're laying your sights on what it is you want most. Now, one of the things that I do a little bit differently um, to keep my personal awareness growing is I focus on one key area of my life on a day basis. So we teach something called the eight pillars of life, which is loosely built off of Zig Ziglar's will of life. Okay. Where I added the last pillar, which is known as contribution. Far too many of us go through life just seeking what we can get, what we can get, who can we, like just, it's about us not realizing that the greatest legacy that can ever outlive you is contribution. What can you give to the table? What do you bring to the table? Right. But in order to make contribution happen, you have to have healthy development in the other seven areas. You know, so where are you at emotionally? Where are you at spiritually, physically, mentally, right? And as you got to go through those different things, you're able to kind of develop a roadmap. So what I do is on Mondays, for example, I just focus on my emotional growth, my emotional intelligence, my, my, my own overcoming or battling of insecurities and, and, and blind spots. On Tuesdays, I jump hardcore into physical. When I say physical, I'm not just in the gym that day because I'm in the gym every day. My physical, what I mean by that is understanding how my body works. I had a great guy yesterday on, the, uh, on my show, Dr. Joel Gould, who schooled me on vitamin D, like schooled me. Like I was like blown away, right? That's an example of, okay, I'm going to focus on a piece of content that I can digest and then really kind of sink my teeth into. Well, the third day is going to be, you know, for me is spiritual. Like I'm going to, I'm going to focus on better understanding why I believe what I believe, right? And actually do so in such a way that allows me to pursue it past my own confirmation bias, right? Because a lot of times we only focus on the information we want to hear. And as a result, you end up leading yourself astray, right? You know, and then I'll take the rest of the week and I'll just keep going through the, re the rest of the pillars to kind of bring that. I see a lot of people who will digest a bunch of content, but there's really no thought process behind how they're, how they're digesting that, that personal development content. So you take a piece of one of those eight areas and then you go deep on yep. it for, for an entire day. Yep. Yeah. Cause you know, uh, there's, there's an old terminology. I think our buddy Tony says it, I think it says what you focus on, you feel. Yeah. Well, if you're not focusing, how are you ever supposed to feel the results of the blessings that come with giving right. you know, with a mature version of that pillar? Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at, you know, water, water that is very vast is like a lake. It's quiet. It doesn't move. Yep. And then put it into a narrow area and it moves quickly and it cuts and it creates a result. Right. So Absolutely. totally, totally love that. You know, you, you went on a, just a beautiful soliloquy there of, um, you know, how to really have a great relationship with yourself and the people around you. I love, I love where you went with that. We're almost out of time. Um, but I do, I do, I do want to touch on, um, where you are today and how you've, um, let's keep it on the emotional side, pivoted through the pandemic. What has sure. that been like for you and your family? 
you know, so it all comes down to perspective, right? It all comes down to the, the things that we are telling to ourselves. So uh, as the world began to kind of shut down slowly, you know, and then rapidly, just kind of, you went from like, okay, maybe we got a problem to, oh my gosh, we got to shut the world down, right? Right. There's, there's a choice you get to make. You get to make one choice that says, I'm going to live in fear, or there's another choice that says, I'm going to live towards faith. Okay, so that's one choice. The second choice is, is this is the worst thing for my life. All, all my entire, all hell's breaking loose. My world's going to fall apart. The next one is going to be, there's going to be lots of opportunities for me to get. There's lots of opportunities for me to kind of go through that. Um, a good friend of mine tells a story about two landscapers. The last time there was a, um, a downturn and both guys in the same exact market. Okay. So same geographical area doing the same exact thing. The first guy comes up uh, to, to, my, to my friend and says, hey, look, you know, man, business is horrible. I just filed bankruptcy. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's crazy. It's crazy. I just, I just I'm, I'm lost. And I'm, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And of course, my friend coaches him and tries to inspire him and encourage him. And then I, not even a few hours later, this other person, another guy stops into the, the uh, his venue and says, hey, look, super, bouncing off the wall, super excited like going, like going crazy excited. Right. Well, as a result, the guy, he's like, dude, what's going on? He goes, well, you know, I'm in the landscaping business and things are awesome. And it's busting loose. Right. He's like, I don't understand. This other guy just told me that he's lost everything. He goes, I know it's amazing. All the competitors are getting out. There's work everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes down to it, when we look at our lives, right what we tell ourselves becomes our overall reality. So if you think the pandemic is going to end your life, as I'm not saying you're not gonna have struggles, I'm not saying you're not gonna have challenges or things you've gotta work through or think through, but the way in which you approach that determines whether or not you create leverage or you create loss, right? I don't wanna be a person of loss anymore. I've experienced suicide attempt, I've experienced being homeless. I don't, I don't ever wanna to have to go back to those areas. In fact, I wanna spend the rest of my life helping people get out of those dark places because I was in those dark places simply because I didn't know any better. You know, so when we look at the pandemic as a whole, one of the main things that I see more than anything else is people were either living out of fear or they're living out of faith. You know, the other thing too, is people, when they're living on the riding the high life, you know, we, we've had this uh, quote unquote bull market forever, right? It's almost like people were surprised that all of a sudden the economy was gonna reset. All of a sudden we were gonna like, it's not a surprise. It's been happening for thousands of years. From times we were trading cattle to times we were trading billions of dollars. It's the same thing, you know? And if you took the time to get prepared for the bear market while the bull market was happening, you had resources and resourcefulness to pivot. You and I both grew our businesses and, and actually had a, a amazing years in this downturn. And not because we hurt anybody, not because we like took advantage of anyone, but because we had resources and resourcefulness in the bank, so to speak, the emotional bank and the physical bank to allow us to wait for things to quote unquote, go on sale. I mean, everything, I love that. you know, I keys, love that. stocks, the houses, to everything. You're listening to Steven Scoggins dropping bombs right here on rock your money, rock your life. And people need to follow you. People need to live, listen to your podcast. They need to follow you on social media. What is the best way for them to do that, Steven? Yeah. The easiest way is to actually go to journeyprinciples.com. Uh, there's a full host of uh, content there. I also invite you to come also visit my good friend, Rock Thomas, on an episode we did on, on YouTube with the Stuck to Unstoppable podcast. You got to check that out. We had an amazing time. 
Um, and of course, you can find me on pretty much any social channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all at Stephen Scoggins or Stephen underscore Scoggins. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I love chatting with you. We could go all day long. You know, we'll see what happens this year. I just sold one of my uh, principal family residences in uh, Scottsdale. Uh, the market's booming here. I've gone into a very, very big cash position in, in most of my portfolio. I expect things are going to fall apart this year. Uh, there's going to be foreclosures. There's going to be all kinds of things happening. And I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines with cash. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. I could be completely wrong and miss opportunities. Or maybe I am you know, feeling what you just talked about is that we, you can't, I just don't think that they can continue to pour money into the economy month after month after month after month and have people sitting at home doing nothing and expect no, no repercussions. What do you think on that? And we'll end it on that final thought. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm totally in the same ballpark with you uh, in that respect. Uh, people that promise to give you the world, unfortunately have the power to steal it from you. And as a result, you got to take care of your financial future. You got to continue to continue to watch and listen to rock for sure because there is a strategy that we use in order to actually make sure that we have um, resources so we can take advantage. You know, the good, the good part about having that healthy cash position rock is if nothing happens, fantastic. You have, you still have cash, right? You know, if something bad happens. Great. You still have opportunity. You know, right. and that's definitely the way to move forward for this year. All right. Well, you hear, heard it here with Stephen Scoggins. Thank you so much for joining us today. Just a delight to, to see you and uh, all the best to you and your family. Make it a great year. Likewise to you too, my brother. Take care. All right. Thank you all for listening to Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.